Catholic business professionals. Networking. Opportunities. Sharing the Catholic faith. Giving back to the church community. In Catholic business, principle matters. What goes through your mind when you think of the word debt or financial responsibility? Welcome, and that's what we'll be discussing today on this episode of Principle Matters. I'm Mark Meyer, along with my co-host and friend, Michael O'Lynn, who will lead us in prayer. Michael? Mark, in the name of the Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death? I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my struggles alone. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. When I think of debt, I always think right back to when I finished college. And Broke. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, <laughs> I was always determined through those years to never get a student loan and to not ask my parents for help. And that meant working throughout my entire college career. And I made a promise to myself to never go into needless debt. And what I mean is outside of a home mortgage. And even then, it was all about equity, right? Getting into that, that, that debt. I never borrowed money for a car unless it was 2% or lower interest rates, um, or I could afford to pay off that loan. Um, I also think back to when I was first married, and we paid for our own wedding, we purchased our first home together. I, that's when, I, when I think of debt, that's what I'm thinking of. And I remember, again, when my wife was pregnant with our third child. And we had two in diapers and one in training pants. And then I was laid off and my wife wasn't working. Those times were certainly a struggle financially. But we never wanted anything. We never needed anything at those times. We never lost our home. And we were always blessed, even when unemployed. And I don't remember ever having a fight with my wife or a disagreement with my wife about money. And uh, in fact, I asked her this morning before coming here, I said, you know, do you recall? And she said, no. I said, okay, then I can say it. (laughs) (laughs) I needed to to make sure that uh, that was was the truth. But um, God always took us through challenging times. But those challenging times were the best times. And it helped build the character and integrity and who we were. And it strengthened us. Um, we always agreed, even before our marriage, that we would not live beyond our lifestyle or our means, um, or even up to our means for that matter. Um, our lives and our relationship were never centered around money. And yet, I always feared money somewhat, as I knew it was probably the number one reason for divorce. And last year, there was a study done um, by Kansas State University where they surveyed 4,500 married couples as part of the study and some who were divorced as well. But they found that no matter how much a person makes, 
And that's what's important here. No matter how much they make, fights about money are the biggest contributors to divorce. The study also revealed that it takes a couple longer to recover from a fight about finances than any other type of fight. (laughs) And so apparently couples use harsher language with each other and the arguments last longer when it's about money. So, so what's the solution? Mark, where we have gone with our, our modern society and and debt and, and, and the teachings of our children. And I know that, uh, that today in college, as you mentioned, and, and especially I watch my children now, and I get a lot of their mail because of their residence or they live in dorm rooms or, or, or travel, and so we tend to get the mail. And, and, the, and the credit card applications that have their names on the outside of the envelope and the invitation to them to get a credit card, no no credit check. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, and it, it, it seems to me that the I don't know – if they're getting a fair chance because they're starting out in debt and the pressures that debt brings with it and you bring right. up the divorce rate and then, and then where they, when you're under all this pressure and stress in your marriage and in your life, I mean, the debt pressure, I mean, are we making decisions for the right reasons or are we doing them for survival? I've, I've traveled many of places and in Puerto Rico in particular up in the mountains and the rural areas with the, people that might not have as much about, I know they don't have debt because they don't have much to have debt over. Right. And you can see the simplicity of their life and more importantly on their face, the serenity and, and the peacefulness. And they're just so happy, you know, and what does debt really bring to us? And as you mentioned about the divorce rate, I mean, are we, and, and what, uh, what we're trying to achieve here and people that not about the money that you make, because I've seen the people that make the money, but they still spend more than what they make and, right. and, they're, and they're bringing on to debt. Well, and I'm, I believe for married couples, just to kind of focus on that for a second, I, I yeah. believe that before married, they should develop a financial plan, a consolidated financial plan, if you will. Look, I know couples that still today maintain separate bank accounts. Personally, it's not for me. Um, I believe that what's ours is ours, and we got to work on it together. And, um, you know, I know people that say, well, that's your bills you pay, and I pay these. And, you know, everything's treated as separate. And, and, in, and in my household, um, everything is joint. And, and so I know when we got married, we had agreed that any time we would – no, this is almost 20 years ago, <laughs> uh, put it in perspective in terms of dollars. But we agreed that any time we would spend more than $100, we would consult one another. And it was a very good thing. And look, I look back and still today we use a lot of that same concept. Um, you know, we, we believe that we have to have the same priority. And, and what are those priorities, right? So, And Mark, I'm going to interject yeah, because you brought mm-hmm. up very valid about, you know, your wife and yourself and how you, y'all had made the agreement 20 years ago. And I don't know if everybody is as good as y'all are, but that is incredible because I've worked Now, my with, background isn't in accounting. Just okay. For, that's my, that's, <laughs> my, that's because, my actual degree. Because I've worked with, in my business and worked with the couples that come in and I've watched them. And, and, and a lot of them, when you start getting into helping them get in their financial plan or, or, or togetherness and, and creating a budget and you'd be you'd be surprised of what this word budget brings out in people <laughs> when they when they when they you know the, after coming back and trying to dissect you know they know how much they bring in a month but then they start putting in their fixed right. costs rent well again them, and I, I think what's where's impor- the money going yeah well, well that's exactly right and what I think is important before you get married 
sheet is is to create a consolidated balance sheet, a consolidated financial statement, a consolidated uh, income statement, a statement of financial position, and even forecasted uh, financial statements. And that's what we did. Um, You know, we had the same goals and aspirations and dreams, and we still do to this day. We've never changed. And and putting that in writing holds you to that a lot oftentimes. So I would even recommend people go as far as pulling credit reports and and talking through how to handle financial situations early on before marriage. Well, uh, that's a very valid point. And, 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 you know, I don't think people fail to plan. They just, I mean, plan to fail. They fail to plan. Well, it's all in how, how how people view debt, and what's it becomes about what is important in life, and it becomes about what's a necessity, needs versus want. Right? I know yeah. people who have taken out money, uh, you know, loans to go on vacation. I know people that have, you know, taken these loans that they can't afford to pay off, or high interest rates on luxury automobiles. It's absolute craziness, and 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 you know, or people that taken out home equity loans to install a pool, and and and. You know, all of a sudden, they go on vacation the same year. We'll be right back with Debt and Financial Responsibility. Gulf Coast, Louisiana, Mississippi. Good bless America. Listen, this is Catholic Evangelist Mike Cumbie. I'm so happy to be here. God love you. You're listening to Catholic Community Radio. And let me tell you, it is good to be Catholic. Would you like to deepen your prayer life? If so, then Lord Teach Me to Pray is for you. Lord Teach Me to Pray is a prayer series based upon the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. When I began this prayer journey over five years ago, I had no idea that God would use my prayer life to bless my marriage and my children. Keeping my daily prayer time with Jesus is the best way that I can love my family. Check out lordteachmetopray.com today. This is Principal Matters. Welcome back once again to Principal Matters. This is Mark Meyer with Michael Lynn, and this episode, we're talking about debt and financial responsibility. Um, over the years, Mike, and I know the same goes for you and your business, but many folks have asked me for financial advice, and most people, I believe, tend to have very strong emotional reactions <laughs> about finances, money, and the talk of money. And a lot of times, we don't want to share... Neither, because I mean, right. in our capacity with the liabilities that we have, and and and, and you know, you, you got to watch a lot of times what we say, and and making sure that we're we're being responsible for our comments, right. or our recommendations, well, I, I think, or our advice. Yeah, and I think people are right, rightfully sensitive to money, right? Because yes. so much of our identity and our hopes and our fears and our security and insecurities can be affected, good or bad. <laughs> Or impacted, good or bad, by money. Mm-hmm. So we're very sensitive to it. And there's a connection between money and spirituality as well. When it comes down to our own generosity, money's usually what starts the ball rolling or, conversely, causes us to drag our feet. And so that is to say, if you're not generous with your money, you cannot be generous with your heart. And so if we let it, money can become a huge obstacle to our spiritual growth. And we see that absolutely because we let it come in and it, it hinders and keeps us from advancing because it sidetracks us from what we really should be doing. But then you can go further and say, you know, and it's just, 
the Bill Gates of the world. I mean, look right. at this incredible man and Good the point. wealth that he has and the amount that he gives away every year. And, 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 and look at – he just gets threefold if you look at his rankings every year in, in the annual reports. He keeps going up and up. He accumulates way more than he gives away, and he keeps giving away more and more. I mean, this gets – you know, it, it, it seems to me like there must be some kind of, you know – relationship in between the two and, and as you're getting to and helping others and, and, and a lot of what he does is help others from- I, I agree yeah and and that's a very valid point and i think that money itself just like you know when we had a show about capitalism and consumerism we talked about capitalism being morally neutral so is money money itself is morally neutral it's it's us humans who decide whether or not its use is good or bad there was some analysis I read where it was said that Jesus spoke more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. Now, if that is true, and I didn't do all my research to really go look up the number and accounts of words, and but I, I don't think it was because Jesus loved money or materialism more than he loved heaven, but it was because he understood us humans and he understood our human nature and what money does to people. Certainly, even the Bible has many passages that teach about wealth or certain amounts of it or whether it's good or bad, but that it does produce significant problems. Yeah, I mean, every time they talk about the tax collectors back there, yeah. and most of them are, you know, unfortunately were corrupt. And, 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 every, and that's a prime in the Bible about money. It seems to be tax well, and, and I think that, you know, in reading that stuff and, and, you know, certainly when you take it literally for what's being said, you know, you know, it's harder for a wealthy man to enter heaven and, you know, camel through the eye of a needle. And, you know, you read all of these things. It's a narrow gate, you know, for wealthy people. For me personally, it caused me to have a fear of money and possessions being mm-hmm. an accumulation of debt or wealth. And, and that's what I think, Mark. You're, you're right. Is it is it easier if you don't have <laughs> And then, I, and then this is a challenge for people and in, in, in our capacities and everybody is 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 the challenge and does it, it are you equipped because he gives but I also believe he only gives you what you can handle right and he's going to lead you through it if you look to him and let him lead you through it so he's given you whether it's money or, or resources or whatever you have in your life because. You're challenged because he's given you what he knows you can handle. Now, whether right. you look to him to handle it or look elsewhere is our responsibility. Well, I agree. And and I think, you know, that fear that I have and probably you have, it's the same reason many people throughout history have tried to get along without it, meaning wealth mm-hmm. or money, right? Either by bartering or taking a vow of poverty, for an example. But I've come to recognize that, like you just said, it's God's plan for us to work and to care for others and ourselves, and that money is an essential tool for fulfilling our responsibilities. It's not the money or things or possessions that are evil, but human hearts and attitudes towards money. The fir- the, yeah, and the first and, and most important weapon to combat materialism is constant meditation on God's generosity. And Mark, you and I have talked many a times about and our roles of our responsibilities with with the resources and, and what we've been blessed with and, and, and our, of keeping people employed and, and keeping families, food on families' tables, and more importantly is, is, is creating a better society to live in. And if we have the resources that he blesses us with and how far do you go in, in being able to capably 
capably spend or, or or I don't know the quite I'm trying to think of the terminology on that but but to take what he gives us and make sure that we're being re, being responsible right. in, in in our financial well and I think the the greatest antidote to materialism itself and to greed is imitating our Lord's generosity if yes. at all possible right Amen. and 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 you know being able to lay down our treasure at his feet and aid the poor and relieve suffering, strengthening our bond with the Lord and weakening our attachment to money. Cause that's what it becomes about when we become attached. So I, I would also say though, in terms of the Catholic church itself, you know, I've heard fellow parishioners over the years complain that some priests talk too much about money. Conversely, I've also spoken with priests who have said, I don't like to talk about money. <laughs> so, you know, that the Holy Spirit's going to draw upon people to give and that, you know, the Holy Spirit will make people be generous. But I will tell you as a business owner, and again, with, with a background in accounting, I'm of the opinion that the real problem is that the Catholic Church at the local level does not talk about finances enough. And when we do hear about finances once a year or twice a year, they only talk about giving. You know, that's only one aspect of many about money. And so money then becomes a negative word or negative connotation associated with it, right? Yeah. And then, you, Mark, you also, you know, I, I know it being a Catholic and, and if you're talking to other different backgrounds of, of religious beliefs from individuals, is that the, the, the biggest criticism that, uh, that I've come across is, you know, the Catholic Church and, and the, the wealth that the Catholic Church has is, you know, it's a large, it's the richest entity and you walk in these humongous churches and and you see the gold or whatever that they have there and 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 and, and that's usually a large part of what I've I've found that that they do but at the same time I, I notice that in myself if you've ever been involved with the St. Vincent de Paul which is a Catholic charity or or myself you know the Catholics our goal is not to be out there blowing the trumpet and and calling attention to ourselves but to doing it the right way one person at a time and maybe going down and helping the poor and not asking for the recognition that a lot of times money brings with it and and and, that, and I think that these are the challenges that we have being a catholic and and bringing that into the workplace and also bringing it into our family lives into our the people that we know and the groups that we belong to and and just through our actions and our mannerisms and then making sure that we continually follow those principles that I think that we're called to as Catholics. Exactly. And, and as I was saying though, I, I believe that, you know, in our Catholic churches locally, at least all the ones I've mm -hmm. ever attended in my yeah. life, that, um, even Catholic school having attended that all my life, um, I don't ever recall them talking about really the great things that money itself does or can do. Um, you know, and how we should be great stewards of money. I really um, never saw the big picture about money or finances. You see, the way I believe, as, again, as an accountant speaking, as a businessman, is that in order to give, we must earn it. <laughs> if you don't earn it, you can't give it, right? Right. And you also must save it in order to give it. So it's about earning and it's about saving and it's about spending less is also part of saving. Well, we'll be right back with 
debt, and financial responsibility. This is a Young Catholic Minute. Why can't priests get married? Did you know that an ordination shares a lot of similarity with a wedding? The rituals, the vows, even the speak now or forever hold your peace. Why all this similarity? Because he's getting married. His bride is the Catholic Church, and he promises his life to her, just as Christ, the true bridegroom, has done from all eternity. Now, yes, it is possible to have an earthly bride and a heavenly bride, but since the heavenly bride always has to come first, it can be really hard on even the saintliest earthly bride. That's why for the past thousand years, the church has echoed St. Paul's words when he said to early priests, An unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But a married man is anxious about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and he is divided. So why can't priests get married? Well, because they already are. For more, go to youtube.com slash youngcatholic. Welcome back to Principal Matters. Welcome back. This show is about debt and financial responsibilities. Mark, what a show and what a great topic, especially for us in our lives and, and, and trying to be leaders that we're called to be and, and through our businesses and our families and, and, and the people that are watching us because we are leaders, whether it be our, the people that we work with or even our children and, 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 and this debt that we're there. And, and, and how much does this actually bring upon the pressure? And you mentioned earlier about the divorce and the social responsibility right. there. And now the financial responsibility that if you do have, what are we called to do with it? Well, you know, and I was thinking about, you know, the comment I made right before we went on break about, you know, the, the church and, 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 you know, again, talking about money when it's time for us to give and not necessarily talking about financial responsibility as a mm-hmm. whole and talking about, you know, hey, you know, earning money is a great thing, you know, as long as you're doing it with a good heart and you're helping others. And, um, but once you earn your money, you have to save it. And once you save it, then you give, you know, so it all works hand in hand. And, and my thing is that, you know, oftentimes, and, and we've been led to this and not necessarily the Catholic church's fault, but, you know, I look, we do it to our own children sometimes is money has a negative connotation with it. And, you know, but I will tell you that I've always viewed, you know, not necessarily how much you make. It's spending less money that sometimes is as equally important. And even today, my wife still insists on using coupons and shopping sales. And sometimes it embarrasses me. (laughs) You know, she says, well, you know, if you're going to start, I got this coupon I need you to use, you know. But although I've been the sole moneymaker in my family for over a decade, um, there were times I was unemployed yet her saving money and shopping for great deals was like having another job. You know, um, I think about how much she lowered my personal stress and the pressure applied to me to make more money, to live a better lifestyle, you know? So it all begins in my view of developing a very healthy relationship with money, not a negative relationship, a healthy relationship. God calls for each one of us to be generous in our own way. And we must be able to adapt a spiritual approach to money. Again, we are stewards of God's generosity and blessings on us. And Mark, you you know, you touched on about 
a very, I think, when you start dealing with the giving aspect, especially as, as, as you mentioned in the church, and I think everybody, you know, you go through a process wants to give, especially if you're, you're you know, you're in the church and, and you want to support the church and the school, if that if that be. But are you being responsible? Are you addressing the needs and being called to to with your cash or your financials that you have in your life? Are you are you planning out properly as we started this right. show in a young couple and actually having all these conversations before you even get married? Do do you understand what? And I, I say cash flow, but from a business owner, that's what it is to me. It's in and out, and you got to make sure more coming in than going out. Absolutely, and well, you can't. If you got more going out than coming in, you got a problem. And my father always says, "Shut the spigot, shut the spigot." You know, the water spigot, because it, it, you can't have that. Right. Well, and and you know, again, another good point is, is you know spending more than you're taking in. You know, so that brings me to. Let, Let's take a moment to look at the United States debt. Okay. <laughs> now, you know where I'm going with that. So there's Don't a, follow in their footsteps. Yeah, there's a website called usdebtclock.org, all one word. Uh-huh. And it's a very interesting site if you're into kind of facts and figures or analysis. And according to this website, we're now $17.9 trillion, with a T, dollars in debt. The website is great. It has all liabilities broken down, such as Social Security, and all debt items such as interest and assets and receivables. In any event, the U.S. has over 319 million people. But of those, only 147 million are in the workforce. Even mm-hmm. worse yet, there are only 117 million who pay taxes. Right? So trying to put that in perspective. And by the way, another interesting fact, while we have 147 million in the workforce today, 14 years ago, we had 154 million. So that number is shrinking. And what's the total population? 317 or 319 million. 50%. Yeah. So anyway, of the 147 million, only 117 million are taxpayers. Mm. And of those, nearly 20% or 24 million work for the federal, state, or local governments, meaning they earn more than they're paying into it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a net negative for the country right there. Mm-hmm. And in any event, nearly 50 million people are retired and nearly another 50 million are receiving food stamp assistance. And all told, nearly 158 million are receiving some type of assistance. But our federal budget deficit annually continues to be over $500 billion. And our debt now breaks down to $56,000 per man, woman, and child in this country, right? Worse yet, when you look at those who, who work and pay taxes, that's over 150000 per person. Now, that doesn't take personal liability to, into account. When you look at that, meaning our home mortgages, our car notes, student loans, and so on, interest, it's $700,000 per family of debt in this country. That's bankrupt. And the average American family only has $8,000 in savings. And Mark, the scary part. Destructive. Yes, and that, those are such scary numbers. And then even worse is those numbers, if I think from that website, I hadn't. I think that's a website I've been to before, that they just keep going up and not down, right. unfortunately, because that's a moving target in the wrong direction. Well, even more unfortunately, that's all the time we've got. <laughs> I, have a lot, I have a lot more to talk about in terms of uh, the, the Catholic Church's right. views of debt, but we don't have time, so uh, we'll go ahead and end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Son and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Loving God, you called each of us by name and gave your only Son to redeem us. 
in your faithfulness, you sent the Holy Spirit to complete the mission of Jesus among us. Open our hearts to Jesus. Give us the courage to speak his name to those who are close to us and the generosity to share his love with those who are far away. We pray that every person throughout the world be invited to know and love Jesus as Savior and Redeemer. May they come to know his all-surpassing love. May that love transform every element of our society. Amen. Principal Matters is a production of Catholic Community Radio.